Hey everybody and welcome to episode number three of the Living Word Podcast. This functions not only as episode number three, but also as topic number two of week number two, in which we talk about the concept and the topic of covenant. Covenant was something that we briefly spoke of in the last class, in which we discussed the first covenant made between God and man. In this case, the man happened to be Noah. And there were certain elements, trade-offs, if you will, such as God not destroying man by flood anymore, uh, giving the rainbow as the sign, and, of course, my favorite part of it, that man was allowed to eat meat. The man had been vegetarian prior to the flood, but after that, the trade-off was eat meat, but no blood, something we'll actually talk about in class on Thursday and Friday or I should say Thursday or Friday, depending on which day you are in class. So covenant, Um, it's an interesting word. It's one that is used a lot within the pages of Scripture, both Old and New Testament. And again, that's I said this in the last class, that the reason we start establishing things like covenant is because this provides the framing of the rest of the course, even all the way through the life and the teachings and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and everything regarding the formation of Christianity as well. So it's important that we spend a little time talking about this. So the question is, what is covenant? And this is something that was definitely covered in the search for God, but it's worth having the refresher right now in the living word. So a covenant is quite simply is an agreement or a pact, P-A-C-T, an agreement or a pact between God and man, between God and and humanity. Um, Oftentimes, what you will see, especially in the Old Testament, is that the agreement is between God and a certain segment of humanity, namely the chosen people of Israel or some even smaller portion of that chosen people. Generally speaking, agree these kinds of agreements or, or covenants tend to be fairly narrow in their their scope and their reach, although when we talk about the covenant God makes with Moses, you know, and Israel at Mount Sinai next week, that's one of the larger-ranging, larger-scope covenants that there are. So I, I mentioned agreement or pact. You know, the one word I don't like to use as a definition for covenant is promise. Oftentimes you'll see promise in the dictionary or in a, a text as a, as a definition for covenant. But here's why I don't like the word promise. The word promise itself is a very uh, specific item of a covenant. You know, the covenant is the, the full-fledged agreement, and the promises are sort of the individual terms and conditions. So God not destroying man via flood is a promise of the covenant. 
man being allowed to eat meat is a promise of that covenant. Whereas you really can't substitute one piece for the whole thing, if that makes any sense. You know, the analogy I like to use with this is all of you use software of some sort. I am recording this on a program called Audacity. I am using a, uh, an HP laptop. I have Windows. I have Microsoft Office. You guys have iPhones. You have Android phones. You have iPads. You have uh, software accounts, you know, PlayStation Store, um, the Apple Store, the Google Play Store. And every single time you want to download or begin using something, you have to check a box and click OK whenever the dialog box comes up, which says, do you agree to the terms and conditions of using this software? And the terms and conditions, those are the problem. You are basically promising that you will not you know, use this for sale, you know, may use this for financial gain of your own because it's the property of another's and so on and so forth. And your options are essentially yes or no. You don't get to pick or choose the elements of the terms and conditions that you wish to follow, at least without consequence anyway. This brings me to my next major point about covenant. So you have this agreement you know, the agreement is the overarching thing that consists of promises, terms, and conditions, and so on. And the reason I go through the analogy of the terms and conditions of software and the other pieces of technology that you use is because covenants are imposed. God imposes the covenant, as in he imposes the terms and conditions of it. The only choice you have, or I should not say you, the only choice that the people making this covenant have are yes or no. They can accept the covenant and live by it, or they can reject the covenant and get on with their lives. But it's an all or nothing proposition, much like with your software licensing agreements. You want to use your iPhone, you want to use Snapchat, you want to use Instagram, you want to download the latest uh, roster update to Madden on your PlayStation 4, you are you have to abide by the rules that the, the holders of that software, of those programs, set forth. And if you don't agree to them, you don't get to use it. A covenant functions in the same way. You don't agree to the terms and conditions set forth by God. You don't get to be part of it. And the terms and conditions are, are very generous on the part of God anyway. I can't say the same for, for Apple or anyone else. I mean, I'm pretty sure none of you have ever read through the entire terms and conditions of any piece of software, any technological device you have ever used. I know I haven't. I'm sure there are weird things in there, like you must give up a pint of blood every three months, you know, if we require it, or you know, when your your firstborn is uh, 18, you know, you must give him in service to Google. You know, there's got to be something in there uh, of that sort that you know, you know, the fine print. Um, the co but covenants, covenants between God and man don't normally have that kind of fine print. It, it's pretty much out and out what what's going on, but. Once again, the choice is yes or 
no. There's no middle option, just as there's no middle option in the use of your technological devices and its required software. You know, I keep going back to I keep going back to that well because it works as an analogy, at least to help you understand that you are sort of the as a user, you are the inferior party. You know, they have something you want to use, therefore you have to agree by their terms and conditions in order to use it. And in much the same way, the covenant works as God is the superior party to even his own chosen people. He gets to dictate the terms and conditions of what it means to be his people. So the chosen people said, yes, we want to be your chosen people, and therefore we will live and abide by the terms and conditions you set forth. Otherwise, if they had said no, they would have been, you know, gotten on with their lives, and that would have been the end of it. So there are lots of, um, lots of different covenants that pop up within the days of the, the Old Testament. And as I said before, the entirety of Jesus' life and his teachings and his death and his resurrection also surround and are framed by this emphasis on covenant. You know, if you've ever paid attention to the Last Supper, if you've ever read the readings of the Last Supper, or even you pay attention at Mass, you know, Jesus, when he took the chalice, said, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So in order to have a new covenant, there has to have been a previous one or previous ones involved because you can't talk about a new one without having established some sort of covenantal relationship previously. So for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be spending some time talking about the various individual covenants that are uh, part of Israel's history, Abraham, uh, Moses, and David. Those are the big three, and each of the covenants that were made through or with those individuals have long-term consequences for what it is that we are doing in this class for the rest of the year, whether it is establishing the very idea of a chosen people, what the rules and guidelines are for those chosen people, and of course, the, the hopes and the desires for a savior coming down the line. So covenant, obviously, you can tell, is important. And do be sure that you keep it as a concept always nearby, no matter what it is that we're doing, because it's going to be referenced over and over and over and over again. I can promise you that much. All right, so that's that's all I have for you today. Um, I hope that this was informative and that you were able to at least get a refresher on what Covenant is. And, you know, this will, will stay up posted pretty much in perpetuity. But if you have any questions about anything you've heard, please drop me a line. And thank you for listening, and I will see you guys next time.